TMG Podcast in three, two. Hello, everybody. Good afternoon. This is Tony Barnhart uh, here today with another award-winning podcast from TMG, the media guys. Remember that our uh, writings can be found on si.com slash TMG, and we're happy to start the month of November, and I think it's going to be a month, as they say, that we're always going to remember. First of all, let's start with the roll call from lovely Sichuit Mass. Mr. Mark Blauschen, how are you today? Yes, yes, sir. I'm good. Ready to go. And from the Windy City, Mr. Herb Gould, how are you, Herb? I'm terrific, but I'm not as good as the state of Indiana just across the line which is a combined 10 and 0 in college football this fall. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. Can't remember when we could say that. And from a lovely New Jersey, the pride of Rutgers, Mr. Tom Lucci. Mr. Lucci, are you with us? Yes, Tony. All good here. And uh, I'm going to retract my uh, statement about the Big Ten uh, sorting itself out last week and the balance of power being clear and saying it's, uh, <laughs> it's changed dramatically in a week. Oh, we are going to get to that. We're going to get to that. This is a good time with Tom here to remind you that he does our he does our Monday morning wrap up, uh, looking back on the weekend. And again, uh, check that out, and it'll it'll get you caught up to date on everything. And again, that is at si.com slash TMG, si.com slash TMG. Well, gentlemen, we made it to November. We didn't know we were going to make it to November when the season started, but here we are. But let me start here. Before we move on to this week, which is a huge week with some key games, I want to take just a really quick peek back at what we saw over the course of the weekend, stuff that jumped out at you. We'll start with Mark Blauschen. Uh, Mr. Blauschen, what uh, what jumped out at you over the weekend? Uh, well, Clemson's uh, near scare. I mean, even without Travis Lawrence, and that was one thing that, that jumped out at me. And, and then uh, the Big Twelve, uh, to surprise none of us, you know, having no undefeated teams, uh, you know, uh, uh, left in the, in the season. So that that kind of mixed it up. Uh, SEC, ACC, uh, Big Ten type of, uh, uh, you know, Final Four again. Well, Mr. Gould, uh, what, what about Indiana? Here's Indiana winning a couple of really big games. You said the state was 10-0. and 0. What about the Big Ten coming out of this weekend? Well, you know, hats off to Indiana, 2-0, and 0, and uh, they're going to play Michigan this week, which is all of a sudden a real interesting game. But that might be, you know, the, the biggest takeaway for me over the weekend was Michigan State beating Michigan. I mean, Michigan State was anywhere from a 21 to 24 point dog. They looked terrible the week before with seven turnovers against Rutgers. And, and Michigan, you know, they're almost in a must win every week with Jim Harbaugh's sixth year. And for them to take down. The, the Wolverines in Ann Arbor, that's just that's a real shocker to me because it not only legitimizes Mel Tucker, buys him a, a lot of time. It, it really makes you wonder what's going on in Ann Arbor and, and whether this Harbaugh thing could blow up. Tom, Tom Lucci, is it, are we to conclude that Michigan and, t- and Jim Harbaugh is just a bad marriage, and they're both going to get sick of each other. Is, is that where this is headed? 
Well, no, it's a it's a good marriage if, if they never play Ohio State, Michigan State. You know, so you know if they just play all the other teams, he's doing fine. Um, yeah, it's just you know you know what it is. It's funny, Tony. Some guys they can still be good coaches, and I still believe that Jim Harbaugh is a good coach, good football coach. Sometimes it's just the the wrong fit. I mean, obviously the classic example is Bill Belichick <laughs> with the Cleveland Browns. You know, I mean, some guys are just not the right fit for certain teams, certain schools, and he may not be the right fit for them. I, that's all it is. I, like I say, I, year, I, as Herb said, year six, it's really inexcusable to, to suffer a loss like that at home to a team that just got manhandled by Rutgers the week before. But you yeah. know, you know, Tom, that that's a that's an interesting point. I, I'm a believer in fits. Uh, you know, the right coach at the right school. But if Jim Harbaugh isn't the right fit at Michigan, I don't know who would be. You know, I, I think it's just really perplexing that 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 the Wolverines can't get the right guy in there. I thought Rich Rodriguez was going to be a decent hire for them, and they were excited about Brady Hope. It's just really there, there's some real deep-seated problems there that, that are not going to be fixed by one coach, it appears. Well. To, to be continued. Uh, before we move along, I neglected to thank our sponsor, APA, APBA, the Unchallenged King, realistic high-quality sports simulation products. Mr. Blousen has been uh, a consumer of their products for a long, long time. I also want to thank David at Revelation Studios in lovely Mansfield, Texas. We could not do it without David and his uh, expertise. And so, oh, gentlemen, right at the top of the show, a little bit of news to share, in case you hadn't seen it. Uh, Saturday night, there was a major league brawl between Florida and Missouri on the after the last play of the second half. Uh, Florida quarterback Kyle Trask uh, got sheep-shotted on a Hail Mary pass. Should have been called, wasn't. Uh, and Dan Mullen, the coach, took exception to that and got out there and was flailing his arms around, and the players took his cue. And next thing you know, we got us a major league brawl. Well, the news just came out of the SEC office just a few minutes ago that head coach Dan Mullen of the Florida Gators will receive a public reprimand and a $25,000 fine. Uh, and the players Yawn, Tony, yawn. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I mean, show some backbone. I mean, you know, suspend the guy, I and mean, you know, that's suspend him for the Georgia game. You know, I mean, that'll send the message that you want. That, well, that, but um, you and I both know that was never going to happen. I, yeah, no, but, I understand that. You know, and, and the thing is, too, Tony, he made in the absence of that brawl, and then him coming back out and trying to rile up the crowd the way he did. In the absence of all that, if he comes out in the post game press conference dresses Darth Vader, it's funny. But after he did that to come out as Darth Vader, he looks like a, an idiot, and he keeps putting his foot in his mouth. Oh, he, uh, you know, oh, I know. If you can't tell I'm done with Mullen. Well, that was making light of the whole situation. The, the post game after something like that happens is no place to be. I don't care if it's Halloween or not. You come out and say, this is not who we are. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm sorry that things got out of hand. You know, and so, but their attitude was, well, I patched it up with the coach on the other side, and we patched it up, and there were no incidents in the second half. Well, that's all well and good, but I could see the SEC commissioner sitting at home watching it, watching this, going, if we don't have enough damn problems as it is dealing with the pandemic and trying to survive, we don't need this crap. And that, that's, you know, 
and and I'm sure it was it, it was a little bit infuriating when he shows them wearing a Darth Vader costume. But anyway, that's the, the and the guys who were kicked out of the game uh, for throwing the punches, all of them will serve a half game suspension uh, this week. So, but that is the that is the news. Let's get to some other news, guys. Uh, obviously, Trevor Lawrence did not play on Saturday against Boston College, the, the freshman quarterback from California. So there you go. Lately, that's about as close as I'm going to get to it. Uh, now, it played well, and they came back and beat Boston College uh, at Clemson. Now we know that Trevor Lawrence is out for Notre Dame. This for the Notre Dame game. This you know. This this has so many tentacles, so many storylines, uh, not only for the Heisman Trophy, but for the playoffs. Let's start with this, Mark Blauschen. Trevor Lawrence will miss his second consecutive game. Is he out of the race for the Heisman Trophy? No, because he can still come back and and, and have some. They have some signature games. Obviously, they 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 they, they have. Uh, you know the ACC, uh, the ACC championship, and and and, they, and there's he can put up numbers. But it's going to hurt him, especially if Ohio State, you know, uh, uh, which has more key games coming up, you know, down the stretch, including the Michigan and the national game, uh, the national championship, the, the Big Ten championship game. So I mean, it's, it's going to hurt him missing two games, but it's not going to. It's not. A, it's not a. It's not a fatal blow. It'll. It'll hurt him a little bit. Well, that is that is something we're going to keep our eye on. We assume that he will be back after that. Remember. That if uh, Clemson beats Notre Dame, you know whatever happened, it, there's a pretty good chance that those two teams are going to meet again for the SEC championship. I'm going to get around to the playoffs in a little bit, guys. But before that, I would just want to do a few headlines. Uh, the world's largest outdoor cocktail party, and yes, I have my own podcast with you guys, so I can say whatever the hell I want about the game. Uh, is, is the game's being renewed? Uh, on this weekend, it's going to be it's going to be different. I just got the official numbers: uh, seventeen thousand or eighteen thousand plus about fans, a little bit less than nineteen thousand fans. Oh. Each each team gets nine thousand tickets, and that's it. And uh, my boys who've been going down there for thirty something years, they're going they're going to go. I'm not going. I've got to stay here. But uh, that's going to be weird, only having 19,000 fans in there. But as much of a game, uh, interested in what you guys think of this game. Uh, obviously, Georgia's got issues on offense. And if they can't get some turnovers on the offensive side of the ball, I don't see Georgia winning this game. What about you, Herb Gould? Yeah, I I think Georgia's defense, I mean, you know the number better than I do. I mean, except for the 21 that Alabama put up in the second half, they, have they given up like six points in second halves this year? Yeah. It's, 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 yeah, that, that's a phenomenal defense. And then this Dan Mullen thing. I mean, I, I heartily agree with, with Tom Lucci that, you know, a, a, a suspension was in order. And if you're not going to do suspension, if you're going to do a fine, then make it a serious fine, you know, 25,000 for a guy who's making millions every year, you know, at least put another zero on it. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I just think that, you know, Georgia, there's no, you know, given all the turmoil on the Florida side. It, it, yeah, I, I would like Georgia a lot in this. And I also would say that 19,000 fans at this game, aside from family and, may, you know, and, and maybe a few friends, 
that's about 19,000 too many for me. You know, the, it's like <laughs> there are some places in this college football world that are in denial about what's going on around the country. And now I'll shut up. No, no, that, that's that's an absolutely, absolutely fair point. Uh, here. OK. All right. Tom Luch, the Pac-12 finally joins the party this week. Are you excited? Yeah, <laughs> uh, no, I, I, you know what? It's more a curiosity uh, thing, especially since uh, USC and Arizona State are going to play at uh, 9 a.m. Pacific time. Um, but no, I, I you know, and I, I saw a couple of projections that have Oregon in the uh, in the college football playoff. I, I, I don't. Have they established a minimum number of games that you have to have to make the playoffs? Because no, they, they, they're, they're, they're not going to do that. Do that for me. Yeah, yeah. yeah so Oregon's Oregon's not going to do it for me, uh, Tony. No. I'm sorry. I, I realize it's a different year, but most most conferences are trying to play nine games, and to play two thirds of what everybody else does, it, it doesn't work for me. So, uh, more curiosity factor to see, you know, who's good, who's not, and because I love college football, more college football. Well, the, the only team I see in that league that could remotely compete with the other Power Five uh, schools, uh, particularly the SEC, ACC, and Big Ten, is Oregon. I mean, Oregon looks like a team that could compete, but again, they got to play seven games in seven weeks, and I don't, I don't see it. I just don't see it. So we'll see. Here, now, here's a fun question of the day, and also uh, Mark Blauschen, Nebraska. What in the <laughs> what in the wide wide world of sports is Nebraska do? Are they trying to get kicked out of this league? It's just it looks that way to me. I mean, I've, I've never seen I, 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 like if, if they were an employee, they would be like trying to get fired because I mean, I'm trying to schedule Chattanooga and going and going against the Big Ten protocol of playing a game when their game was postponed. It's just mind-boggling, and and I'm I'm wondering what happens to the, that that program. I we all covered that program over over their glory years, and and they, they were they was a good solid program. They had good solid fans. I mean, we disagree with some of the things they did, but it was a good up. It was a good top ten type program. They are acting like bands. They they are about a bandit school with a big. They look like the Battle of Las Vegas for my God, for my God's sake. They're just. I mean, it's just amazing to me that they keep up. Up with ways to, to make people mad. No, it's just it, it's just amazing. You know, they, they, you know, somebody suggested, well, they wanted to add another game in case it came down to them for a possible playoff spot. I'm going. You mean the college football playoff spot? Come on, dude. So it's it's just it, the whole thing is just totally totally bizarre. But we we shall please see. Leave. Get out of the conference. I mean, tell 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 me. <laughs> I mean, the only thing I, is, is there's got to be some clause that says if they get thrown out of the league, they don't have to pay a penalty. If they leave the league on their own, it's a huge penalty. That's the only reason they're, they're acting the way they're acting. Right. Well, it's, it's just it, me. It's totally bizarre why they would want to do. You got you got enough problems as it is. So, so we shall see. We shall see. Well, let, let's let's go ahead and open up the can of worms that is the playoffs. Uh, remember that the first. Playoff rankings will be released on Tuesday, November 24th, or the Tuesday before Thanksgiving. And then they'll continue to run all the way up through December 20 when we get the pairings for the college football playoff. But let me start with this premise, gentlemen. Um, I don't think it's going on on a limb at all 
to say that three of the four teams will be the SEC champ, very likely Alabama, ACC champ, Clemson or Notre Dame, and the Big Ten champ, most assuredly Ohio State. So I'll start. I'll start with you, Tom Lucci. If, if, if first of all, do you accept the premise of the three teams that I just gave you? I do. Does that work? And, and if it does, and we're talking about a four spot, uh, who who are the candidates? First, first of all, do we agree that the Big Twelve is out? Not to yes. be okay. Yes. So if we agree that if we agree that the Big Twelve is out, let me throw some throw some ideas at you. If Notre Dame beats Clemson because they don't have Trevor Lawrence, and then Clemson comes back and beats Notre Dame in Charlotte, and both end up one, uh, Clemson's eleven and one, Notre Dame, Notre Dame is uh, uh, ten and ten and one. Both teams are eleven and one. Yeah, that's right. Uh, do both get in? In other words, if Clemson is the ACC champion with a win over Notre Dame. But Notre Dame's undefeated, except for the loss to Clemson, that both of them get in. Here's, here's my only reservation with that, Tony. Um, and, and I heard you can probably speak to this as well. Notre Dame's schedule. Um, is, is this the only ranked team they're going to face all year if they go one and one against them without, and they beat them without Trevor Lawrence? Uh, is that good enough? I, I, I don't know. You know, as I said, especially to me, the way Cincinnati's coming on. I, I think Cincinnati, and and I had been believing that there was no way, you know, a group of five school was going to break into the playoffs. But the way Cincinnati's on kind of a roll now, and just pounding people, and, and they're so good defensively, you know, and Ritter's playing lights out at quarterback for them. They just seem to be doing everything well. I mean, they're not just winning; they're dominating teams. They have Memphis to five yards rushing, and Brady White was as hot as anybody in the country as a quarterback. And he was completely a non-factor. So they're in the mix, I think. Uh, Mark and I have talked about this. I don't know if you can put BYU in the mix. We'll, we'll know a little bit more Friday night. They play boys at Boise State on the blue carpet. Um, you know, that, I think that's their only ranked team that they play. So, uh, again, Herb could probably speak to it. I'm not overly impressed with Notre Dame's schedule this year. I mean, it, it's just Florida State, Louisville, uh, Pitt, Georgia Tech, um, South Florida, Duke. Uh, you know, it doesn't do it for me. I'm sorry, it just doesn't do well, it. Well, here's here's the stretch drive for Notre Dame: Saturday at home, at home against Clemson, at Boston College, at North Carolina, Syracuse at home on the fifth, Wake Forest at home on the twelfth. Uh, don't see it after Clemson. That seems you know playing at Boston College, coming off of the Clemson game, Mark Blashing, That's got a chance, don't you think? Dangerous, absolutely dangerous game. It's a letdown game. And uh, BC is, is a decent team, not a great team, but they can make, as they, as they proved against Clemson, they, they can scare you. And uh, Phil Jakovic, the, the quarterback of BC, came from Notre Dame. He's got he's got something to prove because uh, he was it was a, a, a four star recruit in Notre Dame, regarded as by you know by Brian Kelly as one of the best prospects he'd ever seen, and, and just bombed out in Notre Dame and never saw the light of day very much. So he's yeah. got to prove it that game. So it's a dangerous game. But you know what? Uh, we we tried to talk ourselves into that when Notre Dame went to Pitt. You know that that didn't work out too well either. I think the ACC, for all the talk about the improvement, with North Carolina kind of imploding a couple times, you know, and, and Notre Dame not really counting because it's just this one year. I don't know how different things are there, and and also perception is a big thing. 
I mean, I, I think that the three teams that we're looking at as number four are, are Notre Dame and the SEC second team, if you will. Uh, we'll assume it's Georgia. And, you know, this Notre Dame-Clemson thing, is those three are in the mix, but some of whether, of whether Notre Dame gets in is going to depend on what happens with the SEC. You know, if, if everything goes according to the form chart, and, and Tony knows this better than all of us, that, you know, Georgia, if they roll, run the table, they're going to be a real attractive no, uh, number four team. And, and Tom's right. I mean, Notre Dame doesn't really have a lot of quality wins you know, except for what happens in these Clemson games. Right, 10-28 is their, the, the teams they've beaten so far. The other right. team we forgot, Tony, is Texas A&M in the mix? I was just about to bring that up. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Well, I, I'm going to give you guys, I'm going to give you two SEC scenarios that are possible. One, one is the obvious one where Georgia, who got beat by Alabama, runs the table, plays Alabama in Atlanta, and they beat Alabama for the SEC championship. So they're sitting there at 10-1 uh, and one with a win over Alabama. As SEC champion, they get in. Alabama would be 10-1 and one with a loss to Georgia only in the SEC championship game. And I know there's this unwritten rule that a team that loses on championship Saturday doesn't get in, but in that particular case and the fact that it's Alabama – I think that would I think it would be a very hard discussion to keep Alabama out. Uh when they've they've beaten Georgia. They lost to Georgia, but they've also they also beat Georgia. And so that's one scenario. The other scenario as as Tom Lucci brought up is Texas A and M. Texas A and M's only losses to Alabama. All right. And the rest of their schedule, they have been playing well. They played I thought they played really well against Arkansas. Came a team that's and, and, you know, they beat Florida. So now you look at the rest of the Texas A&M schedule at, starting this week at South Carolina, at Tennessee, Ole Miss, LSU, and here's the big one, December 5th at Auburn. Okay? That could be the game that launches them to 9-1. and one. So if Texas A&M is sitting there at 9-1, and one, and let's say Georgia loses to Alabama in the SEC championship game, You've got a, a basically the second place SEC team is nine and one, and Mark Blauschen, you spent a lot you spent a lot of your career in the great state of Texas. Would they not have to consider Texas A and M? Oh, without question. I mean, uh, because first of all, there's no other, uh, like we said, no legitimate candidates that that would be that would go up around. I mean, I I I, I think uh, and that's again the SEC. Uh, say runner-up or number two ranked team in the SEC is always a strong contender. Yep. Always, absolutely. Now, so that keep keep your eye on both of those. And if Texas A&M can keep winning down the stretch, and they should, that game against Auburn would be uh, would just be huge. It would absolutely be huge. I want to go back. Tom Lucci mentioned uh, Cincinnati. You know, a team. And, and Tom was right. Memphis, Memphis is a very good team. A very, they had a very hot quarterback. And the defense is world-class. Luke Fickle knew he was going to have a great defense. Okay, so Cincinnati's undefeated. They pounded Memphis. The rest of their schedule, Houston, East Carolina, November 21st at UCF, uh, at Temple, December 5th at Tulsa. Okay. 
But if Cincinnati goes 11 and 0, don't they at least, Tom Lucci, have to be in the conversation? I think they, they think they do. And you know, earlier on our earlier podcast, I was saying there was no way. You know, of course, that I, I just didn't see a scenario of a Power Five team getting serious consideration. But the way that they played and, and they've really impressed me, I, I would think they they will impress the uh, playoff selection committee with their credentials. Uh, I would have to say yes. They're going to have to beat a, a, te- a, a pretty good team twice too, whether it's Memphis, UCF, uh, in the AAC championship mm-hmm. game. And that UCF game's dangerous because UCF is scoring anybody. You know, and, and that'll be a great test for this uh, Cincinnati defense. But they're really good. And as I said, they had a, a serious concern or question mark coming into the year. And it, it was kind of like the one Georgia has. Is their quarterback play going to be good enough to carry them to championship level? Well, I think Desmond Ritter the past couple of weeks has shown, yeah, the answer is yes. Definitively, yes. And that's what yeah, yeah. that's embedded. <laughs> You know the other the other part about that, Tom, and and I I felt like you going into the season that a group of five could not really be serious candidate, but this year is unique. I mean, partly because with the limited starts of of the Big Ten, Pac-12, and even SEC going late, there was more of a of a visibility to the American teams, and so people are are seeing them, and I think there's a perception factor in that Final Four. That's why I think Georgia is a much stronger uh, brand than Texas A&M for this fall. But Cincinnati's got that going for them. And not only because they were seen, but because that whole league was seen. And it it elevates things, and it will continue to do so because of the shortened seasons that that the other leagues are playing. Absolutely. Guys, let me ask you this. BYU is sitting there at 7-0. They go to Boise State. This week, and what will be an interesting, I bet will be an interesting game. If Boise runs the table, is the schedule just, Mark Blousen, is the schedule just too weak for them to be considered? I think so, Tommy. I mean, I, I was looking at, I was talking to Tom about that. I, I guess they could do it, but it's going to take some some upsets along the way where you don't you don't have very many survivors. I, I think the teams that we were talking about would, would trump all of those. All, all of those, uh, you know, type boys and 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 be both BYU. They would have a, it would be a tough fall. Cincinnati, I think, has a legitimate chance uh, to to get there because they're they're ranked right now. They're, I think they're ranked number seven in the rankings. And and if they get, if they go undefeated and have a big win in Central Florida, I mean, they, they can be legitimately sitting around at number four. But I, I think for Boise and then for and, and for BYU, I think it's a much tougher haul. Yeah, BYU's final games are Boise, North Alabama, and December twelfth against San Diego State. I don't. Yeah, I that don't, doesn't do it for me. Yeah, I don't. I don't think um, that gets them in. One, one more, one more SEC scenario. I'm, I want to throw it out there, and it's this: What if Georgia beats everybody on their schedule, but they go to Atlanta? And they lose to Alabama for the second time, but this time it's by a field goal. And yes, Georgia would have two losses, but I probably, if things keep going in the current trend, Alabama may be number one when the when the SEC championship game is played. Any chance for a ten and for uh, uh, eight and two, nine uh, nine and two Georgia, whose only two losses uh, were to the number one team in the nation. Any any shot? No, 
I, you know, no. what? we've, we've gone through that, you know, many years. The two loss thing is a, a really tough deal because that, that's sort of the key stat to the committee, you know, fewest losses, mm-hmm. even if it, it is Alabama. Yeah, I, I would agree with her, but I just, you know, the, the other thing too, uh, Tony is, um, they, they've kind of been a little less than impressive at times. You know, I, I don't think they've wowed anybody the way Alabama has. And by the way, Alabama yep. should be number one in the country right now. If people are judging it on the body of work, I mean, come on, let's just not have Clemson there because Clemson started number one, stays number one. I don't believe in that. Alabama looks like the best team in the country. I would even make the argument Ohio State's second best, and right now Clemson's third best. But yep. yeah, Herb's right. I think the two loss thing is 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 a deal breaker, especially since you're going to have a couple of um, uh, undefeated teams, one from the Pac-12, possibly Cincinnati who can make a pretty strong case. It's it's tough to argue two losses against the yep. unbeaten team, no matter you know what your strength of schedule is. Right. Well, Alabama, just to go back to them, they are off this week. And then uh, they go to Baton Rouge on November 14th. While I've got you here, gentlemen, let me ask you this. We understood that LSU, from a talent playing standpoint, player standpoint, from coaching standpoint – lost as much talent as any national champion we have ever seen. But it's one thing for LSU not to be as good as they were a year ago. That we expected. We did not expect LSU to be bad. And Mark Blauschen, LSU is bad. Yeah, and I, I was talking to, I think, to, to Lucha about this. I can't remember any any national champion the following year, I, I, the following year, they've, they've had bad years and, and, and not been, but, but you're right. They're, they're a bad team. I mean, they're, I mean, if you look at the number, if you look at the numbers, what they lost in, on coaching staff and players, you can sort of expect it. And, and, and the LSU didn't have an SEC pedigree. I, I think people wouldn't have mentioned them in the top 30, but much less the top 10, but this is, this is, this is beyond uh, comprehension. And you look at it, so what's new there? And what's that? Well, the one culprit I see in defense is a guy named Bo Pelini. He was the defensive coordinator. I wonder how long he's, I hope he's renting in Baton Rouge, not buying, because I don't think he's going to be around very long. Well, LSU is two and three. And listen, this, this, is, this is their schedule today. They lost 44 34 to Mississippi State, with Mississippi State threw for over 600 yards. They beat Vanderbilt. Everybody is beating Vanderbilt. Big whoop. They lost. Missouri, 45-41. They beat South Carolina in the one decent, complete game they played. Got beat by over 48 to 11. The worst loss that LSU has had since 1966. And Ed Orgeron has got to be scratching his, you know. Sure. Tony, I would say this. The SEC is the only league in the country where you can't rebuild it. You have to reload Yep. And, and they're not reloading. They're rebuilding. And that's the difference. Yep. Well, the rest of, rest of their schedule for those who are keeping score at home, Alabama at home, at Arkansas, at Texas A&M, Ole Miss, Florida. They're, guys, I'm telling you, they're, they're three or four losses right there. Okay? They're going to lose to Alabama. They're going to lose to Texas Tech. And they're going to lose at Florida. For sure. Well, you know, the, the yeah. thing that the, the thing that always impresses me about this, I mean, we 
We've seen this at other times to a lesser degree in the SEC. Auburn won a national championship and then kind of just faded back into the woodwork. Uh, there are other examples, but it, it really drives home the point of how good Nick Saban is. You know, that they just are there every year in a league that is so undeniably difficult to do it that way. There they are. Indeed. Indeed. Well, before we wrap it up, I want to uh, always want to get you guys, get your expertise. I'm going to ask you to make some picks uh, as I sit here and look at this week's schedule. There's some big, big games and some not so great games, but let's go Georgia versus Florida in Jacksonville. Georgia struggling on offense. Mark Glasson, who's going to win that game? I'm going to go with, uh, with the uh, Gators, because I just don't trust Georgia's offense. I think it'll be a low-scoring game, but I, I just don't trust the Georgia uh, uh, offense right now. So I'll, I'll go with the Gators. All right. Herb Gould, Clemson at Notre Dame. No Trevor Lawrence. Who wins the no, game? No Trevor Lawrence. I mean, the, the first impulse, of course, is to say, well, Notre Dame wins because Trevor Lawrence isn't there, but I don't go that way. I, I think that you know, if Clemson gets some of the injured guys back on defense, I mean, if Trevor Lawrence is their only significant uh, roster loss, then I, I still think it's Clemson because, as we said earlier, Notre Dame has done a lot of things this year against some lesser talents, and Clemson's recruiting and, and their coaching uh, overall, I stay, I'd stay on the Clemson bandwagon. Uh, unless unless Clemson is really depleted beyond Lawrence. All right, well, for our last game, uh, Tom Lucci, I've got to ask you, I'm sitting here looking at, at the way they're celebrating in the great state of Indiana, Michigan uh, uh, coming off an inexplicable loss to uh, Michigan State. Michigan goes to Indiana. Tom, could, could Michigan possibly lose this game? Well, um Yes, they can possibly use it, lose it, but do I think they will? No. I've been able to watch both Indiana games. They're good. They're a solid team. Um, you know, and look like they're much improved. I mean, Tom Allen's done a great job there. But I have a feeling that Harbaugh rallies the troops because, you know, now they have that us-against-them mentality. And it's significant to me, Tony, that they're favored in the game. You know, we've seen some lines this year that have been head-scratchers. Mark and I have talked about it. You know, how can this team be favored over that team? And then we – Ultimately, find out as we did last week, West Virginia being favored over Kansas State. Couldn't figure it out. We figured it out after the game when they won 37-10. So to me, that that's an indicator as well. Uh, Yeah, I I think their quarterback play is going to continue to improve as he gets more time. And again, I think they're better defensively than they they have shown. So I I would pick it uh, Michigan in that game. All right. Well, very good. One game I'm keeping an eye on in the Big Ten. Tua's little brother, Talia. Lit it up last week as Maryland uh, beat Minnesota. Missed extra point. I hate when that happens. Maryland goes to Penn State. Penn State, a couple of losses now. So keep an eye on that one and see what Tua's little brother does. And, gentlemen, that's going to wrap it up for us. Another uh, another wonderful afternoon for the TMG podcast. Uh, before we go, again, we want to thank our, our sponsor, APA, APBA the unchallenged king of realistic, high-quality sports simulation products. And again, we want to thank David at uh, Revelation Studios in Mansfield, Texas. He pu- he pulls all of us together, and, and somehow we come out with a coherent product. 
uh, when it's all over. So thank you. So, so gentlemen, it's been a blast. We will come back to review next week. Uh, we'll be talking about Notre Dame and what happened in Georgia, Florida, and looking ahead to the playoffs. Again, on behalf of the, the media guys, Mark Blauschen, Herb Gould, Tom Lucci, this is Tony Barnhart. Thanks for joining us, and carry on.